Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly-veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated, we're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. Join late-night legend John Stewart and the best news team for today's biggest headlines, exclusive extended interviews, and more. Now this is a second term we can all get behind. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Cool Zone Media. Welcome to It Could Happen Here, a podcast about things falling apart. And you know, folks, season one of this, if you listened way back in 2019, we focused a lot on my fears about a massive coming uh, civil conflict in the United States, you know, along the lines of a civil war, but sort of based around my experiences in civil conflicts in Ukraine and Iraq and Syria, um, a number of other parts of the world prior to uh, 2020. And one of the reasons I'm bringing this up right now is because, you know, what I experienced with the fighting in ISIS in Iraq was, was kind of instrumental in me understanding how conflict looked in the modern era and how the United States was closer to a conflict like that than I I think a lot of folks would normally, especially people who are kind of obsessed with the idea of a civil war as two big armies in in gray and blue marching at each other, were willing to kind of to, to contend with. And when I was starting that reporting over there, you know, taking my first trips to Iraq, one of the first things that I did was watch every ISIS beheading video and some of the the Al-Qaeda in Iraq beheading videos prior to that, not as a voyeuristic thing, but because I felt like if I was going to take myself and another person into that situation, uh, it, the responsible thing to do was make myself very informed of what the stakes were. And I'm bringing this all up, not because we're talking about the Middle East today, but because we are talking about a beheading video, probably the first beheading video directly tied to the U.S. culture war that yeah. I can I can name. And I'm going to throw to Garrison Davis now. All right. So uh, last week, I believe most of this went down on January 30th. 
a 32-year-old man named Justin Moan shot his father in the head with a handgun he bought the day previously and then used a kitchen knife and machete to allegedly again this is all a quote unquote allegedly allegedly uh, yes <laughs> to, to allegedly alleged by him in the video that he recorded yes uh, <laughs> yeah. cut off his father's head in a bathtub he put yeah. it in a pot and then recorded a video which he posted publicly onto youtube it was about uh, 15 minutes long titled moans militia call to arms for american patriots where he ranted about a number of things and mostly called for the killing of federal employees. He fled. I think he went a slightly upstate towards a National Guard training camp and then was arrested a few hours later um, after his mother found the severed uh, uh, head and body of her husband in the house that they all lived in together. Mm -hmm. This is uh, one of the most bizarre acts of extremist violence that I've come across in terms of yes. like the, the amount of research i've done into this um and i think it it, it kind of points at a at a uh, this trend of ex of extremist acts of violence done by people who have a lot of content on the internet not just mm -hmm. like posting manifestos but like are, are 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 positioning themselves as some form of like alternative content creator this guy had a lot of music had a lot of self-published books in lieu of leaving like a complete single manifesto, we get these just years of 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 writing and like artistic creations that now yeah. live on archive.org as kind of ghosts of this guy's presence. And I, I think what's interesting about that is that shift between be, between and I think the Christchurch shooter is probably like the KT boundary of this particular evolutionary shift from like the norm would be that you would produce a specific manifesto as an act, like a political act, as part of, of whatever act of violence you carried on. The goal was both to inspire other people to act and to, you know, partly just to frame yourself as something besides a lone maniac. And I think one of the things that's really interesting about this shift to a, an increasing number of these people representing what they're doing in fiction in some way yeah. Um, or in some other kind of creative endeavor is that it sort of mirrors the the idea that like in our culture, the thing that m people most want to be is some sort of like influencer content creator. Like that's the top desired job among like a lot of Gen Z kids. And it's also just increasingly like the thing that cr people creatively want to see themselves as. And so like, I think this fits into this trend of violence that is, is that is, foreshadowed by someone not by a work of like political thought you know which you may not want to think of a manifesto as that but that is what it is but is preceded instead by art <laughs> yeah so i i i think I'll, I'll talk about a few kind of semi-similar or at least other cases that have some curious linkages probably closer to the end of the episode but i i have some writing here prepared about the about the beheading video itself um and then uh, a few other kind of random random stuff about the art that he's made. And Robert will probably fill in some some useful gaps because Robert uh -huh. acquired a very mm -hmm. special piece of yes. uh, <laughs> of literature recently. <laughs> so the night that this went down, as soon as I found out this guy had written not just a book, but multiple books, I was like, well, I kind of want to read these. And I know they're going to get pulled by tomorrow and yeah. Amazon will probably Amazon can just take back the Kindle books that you buy from them. 
So I ordered a hard copy of the book that seemed like the most meaningful to him. Uh, it's called The Second Messiah, King of Earth by Justin Moan. It is distressingly thick, like 450 pages or Jesus. so. It is so much book. And, and the weird thing about it, I've read through a chunk of it, and we will be getting to some of it. It's not badly written. And, and I want to be clear. I'm not saying that, like, he's a good writer in the commercial sense or that he's a good writer in that, like, he's a he's a, a skilled artist. I'm saying that, like, it's clear writing. You're always sure what he's trying to say when he depicts events as happening. Those events are crazy. But, like, he's they're clearly depicted, which is yeah. interesting to me. Um and yeah, we will we will be hearing about more of that in part two. But I, I have learned a decent amount about him from from this book, The Second Messiah, King of Earth. So let's let's get into that 15 minute video. He, he starts by holding up what is alleged to be his father's head uh, inside a plastic bag. He holds it up for a few seconds and then starts talking. Uh, now, my, my initial reaction to this video is just how unremarkable most of this rant is yeah there's like calling for killing federal employees which is like the one thing a that lot special. of people do that <laughs> but also you can hear so many of the sentiments that he talks about from fox news contributors from popular right-wing podcast hosts yeah. and even sitting politicians they also talk about how quote America is rotting from the inside out as far-left woke mobs rampage our once prosperous cities, turning them into lawless zones, unquote. <sighs> yeah. And he uses that term a lot, lawless <sighs> zones. That's a, he, he, that, there's, that term probably comes up like about 10 times across yes. this whole video. And I, I want to, I, I think we need to start before we get further into this with the elephant in the room, which is like a lot, and, and what a lot of people have said about this guy, well, this, this man was mentally ill. And that is absolutely the case. You yes. know, we, I, I add the disclaimer, whenever we talk about mental illness and mass shootings, people who are mentally ill, people who are schizophrenic are not more likely to do this kind of violence than anybody else. But that said, when they do it, they're also not necessarily less responsible. And what I mean by that is a person can be mentally ill and engage in a shooting, and that doesn't mean you shouldn't pay attention to what they are or, or, or another act of violence. That doesn't mean you don't pay attention to why they're saying they did it. The fact that this guy is clearly, I, I believe, schizophrenic does not mean that his reasons for doing this are immaterial because most people who have whatever mental illness this guy did have do not cut their dad's head off. So the yeah. fact that he is justifying it with this very boilerplate set of right-wing culture war grievances is meaningful. And it's meaningful because absent that influence in his life, perhaps he either doesn't carry out an act of violence or it's at least a very different looking one. And, yeah. and so I, I think that is important to just get out to up front. No, he, he certainly had years of uh, experiencing paranoia, some conspiratorial thinking, but but specifically the ire directed towards his own conception of, of the federal government and how it is leading to societal decay is what sparked this act of violence and is why he called for copycat killings. So yes. inside this rant, Justin Moen talks about taxes, inflation, and an economy that no longer serves American citizens. He mentions how the traitorous Biden regime is sending over American troops to fight in a doomed war in the Russian winter, leaving America defenseless against a, quote, fifth column army of illegal immigrants invading our southern border to strike Americans on our own soil, unquote. That's a, that's another term he uses a lot. Fifth column. Yeah. Probably says it like four or five times. And that's that's a very old term. That's a term that you would hear in a lot of John Birch uh, materials totally, totally. from like yeah, yeah, yeah. the middle of the last century, you know? 
So Moan identified himself as, quote, the commander of America's national network of militias, also known as Moan's militia, which seems to be mostly a delusion. He had no con no known connections to actual militias in his state or any other states. This seemed to be an idea that he got into his own head. He then ordered all, quote, militias and patriots across the country to, quote, hunt down and murder every federal employee on site and to siege all courthouses, FBI, IRS, and federal law enforcement offices, to kill and capture all Border Patrol, U.S. Marshals, federal agents, and judges, and, quote, torture them for information and publicly execute them for betraying the country, unquote. He, he had this really, uh, he had this line that stuck out to me. I, I, I didn't copy, this is a long video, I did not copy every single thing he said. He also, th this, is, this is one line he included, Earn your place in heaven by sending a traitor to hell early. With just the 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 cold, like very like emotionless way he said that kind of yes. stuck with me. Yes. And that is not a belief that you have to go to a guy experiencing a mental health crisis to find. You 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 can hear shades of this all over fucking Twitter, among yeah. other places. Um, you can hear this if you listen to certain right-wingers give public comment like yeah in yeah. your in your local city council like it's not uh, um so moan asked that police veterans and national guard join the fight or else cities like philadelphia will turn into lawless zones like portland and san francisco he also asked local militias to be his own personal security force so that federal employees do not try to arrest him <sighs> yeah he said that state governments should be left alone uh, unless they intervene in his revolution. Quote, the federal government is the enemy. Uh, then Moan declared that, quote, Joe Biden is no longer in power. I am now officially the acting president under martial law, unquote. Mm -hmm. He ordered military generals to not deploy U.S. troops against U.S. militias and instead join their fight to defend the Constitution. It would be fun if the Constitution worked that way. If like they put that in back in 1787, like, oh, yeah. And if, uh, you know, if martial law is declared, he's not around yet, but there's going to be this guy, Justin Moan. He's, he's in charge. So... This is one thing that I'm still slightly confused on. Well, I'm, there's a few things that are obviously yeah, confusing. It, sounds, but, it seems confusing. <laughs> but Moan offered a $1 million bounty on a number of high-level federal U.S. employees and $100,000 for every federal judge and even doxed one in Pennsylvania. He claimed to currently have $10 million to, uh, to exhaust on these bounties. And... I that is not that's just so not true. Um, yes, this, this, uh, this, definitely this not. Man constantly complains about how he's in a poor financial situation uh, as a result of a number of factors. He does not have ten million dollars. Now, he ordered all non-military federal employees to resign before ending up like his father. Now, his father was an employee at the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers for about twenty years. He resigned, uh, I think, like last year or a few years back. It's interesting. He 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 uh, called for specifically non-military federal employees to resign. He was very pro-military. I'm not sure if his father, working for the U.S. Army Corps of Engineers, uh, how, yeah, that how exactly is... that that fits in to his ideology here. But I we're not we're not we're not laying out a clear line of thinking. Obviously, it is. This is just slightly off topic, but it's never not fascinating to me how strong the feeling of emotional attachment to the U.S. military is. Like, yeah. that even this guy would be like, 
this guy who is so clearly deranged and violent about yeah. this kind of thing would be like, but they're they're the exception. Like they're obviously still basically good. Yeah, it's it's just interesting to me. What else is interesting to me, Garrison, is where our money comes from. And you know where our money comes from? The Federal Reserve. Yes, actually, we are sponsored okay. entirely, <laughs> entirely by the Federal Reserve. So please. I mean, literally anything you do will, I guess, help the Federal Reserve. So go go exist in capitalism. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean... You do? This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated, We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. And looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. And we're back. Speaking of another federal agency, 
one agency that Moan addressed directly was calling for the Postal Service to suspend all services split from the federal government or else he will not be able to offer protection. And oh, Jesus Christ, <laughs> no, <laughs> that's negotiating with the Postal Service. That's very funny. I mean, this is serious, but that is kind of funny. This guy isn't a Nazi. He's not a no. Nazi. He's, no, 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 he definitely is, not. He is, a cons- he is an extremist. He is a, it, he is a it, conservative extremist. He does repeatedly in his book, by the way, also talk about like racism being bad. Like yeah. that is like very much uh, a, a, a consistent through line. But some of this, like, kill your local postman type stuff certainly Mm -hmm. reflects uh, a strain of extremist neo-Nazi thinking, uh, Mm -hmm. that particularly James Mason's uh, stuff from the 80s. Yes. (sighs) So, he also said, quote, If the media spreads lies about this revolution, I authorize the targeting of news stations, their owners, and employees. General kind of conservative Mm anti-news, anti-journalist rhetoric. (sighs) Quote, the hunting, capturing, and killing of America's federal employees will not stop until Americans' demands are met and the network of America's traitors is wiped out, unquote. Now, Great. some of these demands that he called for includes closing the borders, a mass deportation of immigrants that have entered under the Biden regime, ceasing all human trafficking of children and sex slaves, which is obviously already illegal, mm-hmm. canceling all public debt, an end to the Federal Reserve, Restore Congress's right to print interest-free money. <laughs> oh. And, and ceasing all of the, quote, woke and gender ideology propaganda in schools, unquote. Great. So we have a, a weird mix of, like, very, like, libertarian stuff, like the Federal Reserve, interest-free money, and then other like, more popular conservative stuff around, like, the border. And then this thing about woke and gender ideology, yeah, there's even a little like Nessera Jessera stuff in there too about like the whole like allow the government to print interest free money again. Like that's that's it's interesting that that's mixed into me too as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, it's it's a it's a curious collection of uh, of political thought. Now, traitors to the country included not just federal employees, but also, quote, bribed members of the deep state, labor racketeers of the prison industrial complex, and globalist leaders of assorted industries. Unquote. Now, there's, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, bribed members of the deep state, I think, does, no, doesn't need any explanation. Mm. But Moan had this idea that labor unions were working with, with corporations to make straight white males have, have, have a hard time to find jobs so, they would, so that they would always be unemployed. Um, and unemployment leads to people being arrested and sent to prison as a way to fund the court system. So this, this, mm-hmm. this is what he means by labor racketeers of the prison industrial complex. It's that labor unions are colluding with the government and businesses to keep certain sects of the population unemployed to fill up prisons. Now, in terms of globalist leaders of assorted industries, he specifically was talking about big tech companies that commit tax evasion. He claimed that he used to work for Microsoft and witnessed massive tax evasion. I, I, I have not looked into that. I, I, mean, I, do, not, I, do, I do not believe he worked for Microsoft. They definitely do. Like, oh, they all, yes. I, yeah, they all do. It's not, I don't think they break the law because they have whole departments of people who are there to make sure that at least they're not breaking the law enough that it will matter. But like, whatever. I mean, again, some of this does, some of all grievances like this come from real things. Like the corporations like Microsoft that are tremendously wealthy do not pay their fair share. And in fact, do a great deal to elide their tax burden. He's just like, yeah, I, it, it's it's it, one of the frustrating things about this is how 
all of this actual malfeasance feeds into these delusions and feeds into yeah. the conspiratorial narratives of the people that take advantage of people like Justin. Yep. Uh, he he said that uh, martial law will continue as long as Americans support him and until America is secured enough to hold a legitimate election and that Moan would authorize police and military to use any force necessary to take back America's cities from, quote, fifth column extremist organizations such as the LGBT community, the BLM movement and terrorist organizations like Antifa, unquote. This is where he went on a whole Antifa rant saying Antifa is a part of the federal government's systematic top-down globalist and communist takeover of America. Moan stressed the importance of capturing alive, quote, one of the key players involved in this treason, uh, or else they will never be able to discover the entire network of evil, unquote. So Moan blamed Antifa, BLM, and the LGBTQ community for stoking a division to create a race war and religious war. It's, it's just, it's, it's, it's it's hard to hold the, to hold the justification of you're you're accusing people of stoking division as you're holding up the severed head of your father. Like there's just that a complete disconnect here. Quote: The government has disallowed any peaceful solution. Violence is the only solution to the federal government's treason and the actions of their fifth column terrorist organizations like Antifa. This is an ideological and spiritual war. Unquote. Yeah. Very similar in some ways to what McVeigh was saying, right? That like, this is the only way to communicate with the government. It's the only language that they understand. Yeah. Yeah. And then lastly, he kind of closes this video with a a, a further look into some of his own like political delusions. He said that before the 2020 elections, electors and campaign uh, co contributors from both parties said that they saw Justin Moan as the best candidate for the president of America. He's 32 years old. Uh, he was... <laughs> He was like 20, what, 28 back in 2020. Quote, I could have been the first unanimously elected president, but I was betrayed by the FBI, federal courts, and my own family because there are people that believe I am the Messiah, which goes against the government's satanic communist ideology. Unquote. Quick note, if all of those groups didn't want you to be president, how would you have been elected unanimously? <laughs> or would the FBI have been like, well, now that he's on the ballot, we got to vote for the guy. So after saying there are many people that believe I am the Messiah, he then said, quote, I would never compare myself to Jesus Christ, unquote, <laughs> which is not true. He has many times. Yeah, he sure has. You know, m most notably in the title of his book, <laughs> The Second Messiah, King of yeah. Earth by Justin yeah. Moan. Yes. <laughs> Although that is about his self-insert character who he says lives a life identical to his named Buster Moon. Buster Moon. Uh-huh. And then I, I will do the last little bit about this video. Mm -hmm. Quote, if there is a federal employee in your family, make it your New Year's resolution to kill them in order to protect your own children. Unquote. <sighs> oh, and, and then Moan followed that by quoting from Matthew 10, 21. This is a verse in the New Testament. Brothers and sisters will betray one another and have each other put to death. Parents will betray their own children and children will turn against their parents and have them killed, unquote. It's interesting because I've heard that cited before and usually it was in like, older conspiracies of the new world order and like yeah that's what they believed the the evil antichrist un regime was going to do to them it's fun to hear someone be like that's what we have to kill the families of the people who are i don't think that's what he's actually saying 
He's oh, okay. saying like he's talking about how he has felt betrayed by his own family and by the government. Oh, gotcha. Okay. That makes sense. This points to like this massive disconnect in his own head. How this mm-hmm. is the betrayal he's talking about. He is he he is using this verse as a reference to like the end times, but he's saying like this is the betrayal that we're seeing and in response now we have to do this. So <sighs> On, uh, I'm going to quote from ABC News here. So the U.S. Marshal Service investigated Moan uh, in August of 2023 after he allegedly made a threat against a U.S. District Court judge. The case was closed that same month. He was reported to police pretty frequently for just bizarre behavior in his own neighborhood, like sitting on manhole covers and staring at houses for hours on end. Now, Moan has held conspiratorial and anti-government views for at least seven years and attempted to recruit people to join his Moan's militia on Reddit and Discord, though no one seemed to join. And then uh, at least one Discord uh, server threw him out because of his repeated recruitment attempts. And after fleeing home, uh, after he posted that video, he drove more than 100 miles north and broke into the Pennsylvania National Guard base with a gun and then was arrested after he was tracked there on his cell phone. There is a song that Justin uh, uh, wrote about three years ago about being arrested after being tracked on his cell phone after doing violence against his family. You think he would have like not had his cell phone on him, given that he was aware of that as a risk. But I, I don't know if he was really thinking logic. Like, yeah, if you watch the video, like he like he thinks National Guard's going to like join him. Yeah, like, he's not. Yeah. He, he's not thinking about it that way. So, yeah, oh, uh, I believe Moan has published at this point nine books. Uh, uh, I'm going to read from his uh, his Amazon about page. Uh, Justin Moan is the author of seven books, now nine and a musician of three albums and one single. His life story is unbelievable, and there may not be enough words to describe him, but one may begin to understand his complexity and experiences through his art. He only wishes to bring positive change to the world. Now, I will, I will uh, talk about some of, those, some of those other books after we take a quick ad break here and learn about some important messages from our sponsors. Yeah. Discover BetMGM, the betting app sports fans in the Capital Region turn to for nonstop action all winter long. Take the excitement of football, basketball, and hockey to the next level with same-game parlays, exclusive signature bets, odds boost promos, and much more. Plus, now you can sign in, place bets, and manage your cash balance under the same BetMGM account in D.C., Maryland, and Virginia. With the same username and password throughout the DMV, it's never been easier to play with the king of sportsbooks. Download the BetMGM app today. BetMGM is an authorized gaming partner of the NBA and an official sports betting partner of the NHL. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly and offer resources to help you make appropriate choices. Please gamble responsibly. BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. Must be 21 years of age or older to wager. Washington, D.C. only. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. I don't understand what the big fat ones are. You don't put those inside of you, do you? I mean... You do? Yes. This is a show about women. Okay, so I just reapply my lip gloss after eating a delicious lunch. We are headed back now to European political systems class at Baruch College. Woo! Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. 
That's it. That's actually the name of the show. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. It's like reality TV on the radio. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. <laughs> Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What up? I am Dramos, host of the Life as a Gringo podcast. Now, this is a show for the Nosabo kids, the, the 200 percenters. Here we celebrate your otherness and embrace living in the gray area. If you ever felt like you were always too much this while also never being enough that, this is the podcast for you. Every Tuesday, I'll be bringing you conversations around personal growth, issues affecting the Latin community, and much more via my own personal stories, along with interviews with inspiring thought leaders from our community. Then, every Thursday, I'll be tackling trending stories and current events from our community that you need to know. So much of what makes our community so beautiful is our diversity, yet too often those of us who don't fit into this dumb, stereotypical box of whatever it means to be Latino are left without a voice or just forgotten about. On this show, I celebrate the uniqueness of our culture and invite you to walk in your authenticity. Listen to Life as a Gringo as a part of the Michael Tura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. So, Justin Moan's bibliography. Here we go. So uh, I think Robert has one of his books, The Second Messiah, King of Earth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. There is many other books he's published, including a, a book startling called, number. <laughs> a book called yeah. The Pink, a book called Poems I Wrote While Stoned, a collection of poems. They Will Burn This Book, The Punishing, America's Coming Bloody Revolution, The Kingdom of Darkness, Dark Ages of the Future, a collection of short stories. And finally, the Revolution Leader's Survival Guide, How Schools, Workplaces, and Social Norms Kill the Genius Inside Us All. Not bad and, at titling, you know? Uh, so, pretty, pretty effective, good, good for SEO. Uh, let's, I'm on board. Let's start with that last book here, The Revolution Leader's Survival Guide. It targets the, quote, constraints against education, creativity, and human progress throughout history, unquote. And... The book is mostly about Moan's own inability to find a high-paying enough job after college. This is a reoccurring trend in a lot of his books, including, I believe, the one that Robert has. Mm -hmm. Moan complains about student loans, how America's education system is faulty, and talks about being bullied in school as a kid. I'm going to quote from the book's description. The author views the world on the brink of either a golden age of world peace and space colonization, or instead... A second dark age of global wars and depopulation within the next couple of decades, if not sooner. Included within the book is a transcript of a letter Justin Moan wrote to Donald Trump, warning that if America does not go under some great changes, Moan himself will have to lead a peaceful revolution. In another book titled The Kingdom of Darkness, published on May 13th, 2020, it's a novel about Satan and fallen angels becoming, quote, trapped inside Earth's lowliest creatures after being banished from heaven. He has a whole bunch of other, like, fantasy and sci-fi type books, like aliens, space exploration, a, a, a weird collection of genre. In a pamphlet he self-published on Amazon in August of 2020, titled America's Coming Bloody Revolution, 
The small book contains two chapters, one titled Why a Violent Revolution is Inevitable, and a second titled How Revolution Can Be Successful. Moan wrote, quote, Americans will have to weigh what is worse, allowing themselves to lose freedom and independence or killing their own family members, teachers, workers, bosses, judges, elected leaders, and other older generations, unquote. This is where we get Ooh. a lot of like like a uh, uh, predictive writing around what he's going to be doing. Mona described older generations as quote traitors who wish to to take away the freedom and independence that comes with America, democracy, and free market capitalism. Uh, which leads me then to the book that Robert has, the Second Messiah, which was published in January of twenty twenty. It's about a man named Buster Moon who moves from Ohio to Colorado and, quote, painfully learns the dark secret of Colorado from everything containing satanic cults, the Democratic Party, and the Cold War. Now, we will get more into this book specifically in a later episode. Mm -hmm. I'm going to read a little bit from the back cover. The only thing more absurd than this fiction book is the fact that it's loosely based on the life of author and musician Justin Moan, whose four-year stay in Colorado caused multiple lawsuits, changed the possible outcome of the 2020 U.S. presidential election by exposing three presidential candidates as corrupt, which forced them to drop out of the race. We have more wow. of these like presidential <laughs> delusions that, uh, that he was talking about at the end of his beheading video here. And... In terms of how this mirrors, like I said, we'll learn more about this book later, but I will talk now some about his actual personal life, which will then become slightly reflected in the book, like going to Colorado Springs. He graduated from Penn State with a business management degree and sued the federal government multiple times for letting him take out student loans that he was forced to pay back. The most recent case was last year, where he sued for $10 million because, despite getting a degree with the loans, he was unable to, quote, find a satisfactory job as an overeducated white man to repay the loan, claiming that he was a victim of affirmative action and reverse discrimination, unquote. In a previously dismissed lawsuit against the Department of Education, he alleged that they neglectfully and fraudulently induced him to borrow money to pay for his education without sufficiently warning him of the possibility that he would face a difficult job market and could be unable to pay back his student loan. So, Moan did move to Colorado, just like Buster Moon, about 10 years ago, eventually getting a job at Progressive Insurance, uh, but was fired in 2017 for kicking down a door and, quote, breaking the company's code of conduct. Moan then sued Progressive in 2019 for not receiving promotions because he was a man. In his Violent Revolution pamphlet, Moan claims that he was a victim of discrimination from, quote, being a top-performing, over-educated, and overqualified male employee, unquote. And in that same pamphlet, Moan wrote that his educational, employment, and legal issues are evident that there is, quote, no peaceful solution for the youth to escape debt-based enslavement, unemployment, and ultimately imprisonment. He compared his experience to, quote, the Soviet Union's feared gulag prison labor system, in which entire states and countries were essentially turned into concentration camps. Moan wrote that educators and parents who, quote, knowingly lie, brainwash, and dumb down their youth, unquote, must be killed to prevent the spread of, quote, globalized communism and corporate agendas. This is where we have an interesting combination of, like, anti-communism fears but also anti-corporatism that you see in some sects of like libertarian conservatism you sure do he claims that communism is like a virus and that america must treat it like a virus quote the only logical way to do so is for every american born in 1991 or later 
to kill anyone born before 1991, unquote. <laughs> well, now he's cooking. Okay, okay. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I'm 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 back on board. I'm back on board. You know, this could work. So it just so happens that that was the year that he was born. Uh huh. Yeah, yeah. Logical, logical point to divide it on. I'd respect it more if he'd been born earlier. You know, but so I already mentioned some of his music. It had similar predictive elements of he was doing art in almost like in practice of what he was then going to later do in person in terms of carrying sure. out violence, as well as just evident of kind of delusional and paranoid thinking. He has a song about being gang stalked. He has a song about, I, I think, like a girlfriend who broke up with him. He has songs talking about how it's okay to kill communists and how we're o- overall seeing a decline in American society. So that is, that is most of what I have to say about Justin Moe. I could certainly say a whole lot more. Mm-hmm. Now, on, on top of my research onto him himself, I also wanted to look at the sort of online chatter that neo-Nazis and other extremists were saying. And I put together a, a large catalog of Telegram uh, uh, conversations about Justin Moan, watching the spread of certain conspiracy theories around this incident, and just to see what their overall take was. I will, I will paraphrase my like 80-page research document here by saying... It seems most Nazis and other white supremacists or far-right extremists thought that the Justin Moon incident was, quote, fake and gay, unquote. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, they, they Good to keep say, up with these, uh, these thought-fluencers. Really glad that they, we're getting some of their side. <laughs> many uh, other far-right extremists uh, took this to be a psyop. Sure. They thought it was an attempt to push forward this anti-militia bill that's being talked about, as well as distract from the crisis at the southern border. Certain mm-hmm. white supremacists were uh, upset that he used the phrase Judeo-Christian values because <laughs> they are anti-Semitic and uh, Justin Moan did not seem to be consciously anti-Semitic. Yeah. And you, you, we, we, had, we had these conspiracy theories travel everywhere from standard kind of neo-Nazi telegram accounts to uh, like more conservative boomer mega type stuff as well. Mostly picking up on like the uh, on the um, uh, on the anti-militia angle, how this is probably a psyop from the deep state to push forward this anti-militia bill. Um, some some people thought uh, uh, thought they were very clever in realizing this was a psyop because they thought Justin Moon was 33 years old, and there's this conspiracy theory around the, the, the number 33 in a lot of these circles. The conspiracy is around how the number 33 is used a lot in like mass shooting incidents. Now it's not. This is just pattern recognition, mm-hmm. but also. Moan isn't 33, he's 32, so great great work there. And there's specifically one Telegram channel that found a prop head, I believe on Etsy. Yeah, like a prop severed head, yeah. We started seeing this spread all over Twitter, conservative news sites, how this has to be fake, because look, we found, we found the fake head they used, which is quite simply not the severed head that Justin Moan's mm-hmm. holding up in the video. I don't think there's really much useful else to say about these conspiracy theories, but uh, yeah, they certainly were kind of laughing along at some of like the gang stalkery elements, thinking, you know, s- some people obviously thought he was based and cool for actually doing some of the ideological things that these Nazis believe in. Others thought it was, it's just fun to make fun of a guy. Um, so they decided it was a psyop. Yeah, that is, uh, that is most of uh, what I had to say about Justin Moan. Well, 
This has been quite an inspiring journey. We are going to have more to say about Justin and finally get into his his book, The Second Messiah, King of Earth, which is in in a way become my Bible. I think I may oh, okay. I may right. keep this in my apocalypse go bag so I can do like a book of Eli with this thing if the world ends. Just <laughs> oh, be God. wandering alone across the wasteland telling everybody about this man's book. <laughs> I, I guess finally the last thing I'll say is that this reminds me of two recent incidents. We had one mass shooting done by a Nazi in Denver, Colorado, and he previously wrote and made short films depicting the murder that he would then do. We also had the Highland Park shooting on July 4th a few years back, who the, the person who did that created a lot of music online in this very, like, I, I would say the Highland Park music was much more in like the schizo wave genre of extremist content. I think the stuff, the stuff that Justin Moan is producing is honestly more like the stuff that Schizo Wave is like parodying. Like Justin Moans was a lot more uh, like sincere, less less ironic. Uh, yeah, it, it, was, it was it was it was it was just like taken at face value. These these two incidents I was r- reminded of just because of how much those acts of violence were predated by artistic expressions of the later thing that they would end up doing. And yeah. in Moan's case, it's exactly the same. He has written about killing family members. He's written about the exact way he would be arrested and tracked down. Writing that goes back for like four or five years. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is, there's so many people online who have exact, who are in this same scenario, who are putting out this type of writing. No one knows who they are. Moan had like five listeners on Spotify. These people are unknown. And every once in a while, one of them decides that writing about it isn't enough. And they actually do it in the real world. And it's just this. It, it just it's this, this interesting trend of these people like pre, of, of almost like hyperstitioning their, these own acts yeah. of violence by making art that predates it, uh, almost in in some form of like preparation. Yeah, yeah, and I, we, we talked about hyperstition as a concept a bit in last week's behind the bastards, but it is it is a term for essentially the the methods and ways by which things that are fictional become real, and it can be kind of as esoteric as the idea of like preparing the way for a godlike AI by like spreading belief and that sort of thing. Or it can be as direct like as this, as as somebody envisioning the acts they're going to carry out in fiction and then carrying out those acts for real. Like it, it, it on an individual level, what you're doing when you're doing this is you're kind of you are preparing yourself mentally for the thing that you're going to do. And when I would sort of lecture and talk about what to, how to know something is like a real threat versus somebody saying shit on the internet, because that's obviously, that's a real problem when we talk about this. Yeah. There's a huge quantity of people saying stuff that could be them presaging like a, an act of violence. Yep. And you you simply can't go after everything. And one of the the, the key things for me always is, what are have they gone and done anything in the real world so for example if a guy has like been going out and like egging homeless people or like lighting their shit on fire and is also talking about murdering homeless people well that's probably a guy who's going to do something right because he's actively going out in the real world and taking steps he's prepping himself and i think this kind of work when somebody's written a whole novel about their murder fantasies obviously that's not a thing you can arrest or convict on but like and nor should it be but that is somebody who is doing more than bullshitting online that's somebody who has a fixation that they clearly can't get over and those do sometimes lead to violence and so yeah, I, I think um, I think it's really valid to to look at this as 
not just a couple of incidents that are troubling, but as evidence of a troubling trend. Yep. All right. Well, well that does it for us today. Coming. Uh, yeah. All right. <laughs> Please do not earn your place in heaven by sending a traitor to hell uh, early. It does not no. seem to work out very well. No. Earn your place in heaven. Uh, I don't actually have a joke to finish this episode with. Don't don't commit murder. Bye. Happen Year is a production of Cool Zone Media. For more podcasts from Cool Zone Media, visit our website, coolzonemedia.com, or check us out on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. You can find sources for It Could Happen Here updated monthly at coolzonemedia.com slash sources. Thanks for listening. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh, yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. You don't put those inside of you, do you? This is a show about women. I mean, you do? Finally, a show about women that isn't just a thinly veiled aspirational nightmare. It's not hosted, not narrated. We're just dropping into a woman's world. I found out when my dad was gay when I was 10. We were in a convertible on the 405 freeway, listening to the B-52s. Looking back, I should have said, this is gay. This is already all gay. (laughs) Listen to Finally a Show on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.